We're entering the time of Advent, traditionally a time of waiting for Christmas. The question is, what do you find it most difficult to wait for? Ooh, discuss one minute quickly, and then I will ask you. What do you find it most difficult to wait for? You can't all say Christmas. Okay, what do you find it most difficult to wait for? Anyone? Anyone want to tell us? What? Oh, yes. Birthday, that is very difficult to wait for, isn't it? Yes? Father Christmas. Oh, that is so hard to wait for. It's so exciting. Um, anything else? Sorry, that was a bit over the top, but, oh, you know. Yes. Oh, are you having a baby? Oh, when's it due? Oh, I see. Getting a bit fed up, are we? Yeah, okay. Anything else difficult to wait for? Yes. Last day at work. Last day at work. Oh, how long till that? Three and a bit weeks? Four weeks? Too far. Anyone else? Yes. Chips. Interesting. Gosh, that's a, yeah, but I see what you're saying. Yes. Your birthday. When is your birthday? I know. Oh, it's June. Yeah, it's a long time to go. But never mind. It's exciting. You look forward to it. Anything else you find difficult to wait for? Oh, yes. Yes, and you're thinking, oh, why aren't they replying? I just need to know. Quite. Okay, yes. Frustrations. Lots of things are difficult to wait for. We begin Advent, we light our first candle. Now, hold on. I've got a lighter thing that isn't lighting, but it might. Don't need the matches. Danger. Grace, would you like to come out? I've got to hold it, so you have to hold my hand. That's a joy. Come and hold the minister's hand. Okay. Right, let's do it together. Okay, which one should we go for? This one? The first candle is being lit for Advent. Oh, well done. Small spattering of applause. That's how excited we are for Christmas. We've got quite a long way to go, but it will pass very quickly. We are waiting for the arrival of Jesus. Do you know, in the Bible, there's lots of prophecies about the coming of Jesus. One of them said this, hundreds of years before he came, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. In dark times and dark places, the arrival, the thought, the hope of the arrival of God on earth brings light. But for now, we wait for that time. We're going to stand and sing our first song together. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait during this time of Advent. Let's stand and sing together. The words will appear on the screen behind me. This morning, we're going to be thinking a little bit about Advent, about um, waiting and about people who waited in the Bible, and what waiting is and how we can wait today. You will need one of these 
I don't know whether I've miscalculated on the numbers. I'm going to hand them out. You need one of these and a pen. And um, if I have miscalculated, maybe some people who know each other well can share. But we'll find out first. I just want to read from the book of Luke to begin with. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 37. This is after Jesus has been born, so we're sort of, you know, not in the right order, but no worries. And he's presented in the temple by Mary and Joseph. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then had been a widow for 84 years. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. As we've said this morning, Advent is traditionally a time of waiting. Now, I think I'm generally fairly good at waiting. Not always. I mean, if I'm in a rush or I've got lots of things to fit into a day or, you know, I have to get somewhere and I'm late, then I'm not good at waiting. But generally, I don't mind waiting too much. I think it's a little bit because of the family that I was brought up in. For instance, you know, we had to wait quite a few minutes for our TV to warm up before it would come on so we could watch it. So, you know, we waited. That was part of what we did before we got to see the things we enjoyed. My friend had a BBC computer and we had to wait for the games to load, which took about 20 minutes, if you were lucky, you know, because often it said, sorry, this has been unable to load. Then you waited another 20 minutes. So waiting was part of our playtime. My mum was a teacher, so I had to wait after school while she tidied her room and she got everything ready and then we'd leave a bit later than everyone else, so I waited around with a couple of other children whose parents were teachers. 
I also had to wait for the telephone at night. I don't know whether any of you did this. My sister had her turn. She'd sit in the hall speaking to her friends and her boyfriend and da da da. And then my mum had to ring her friend and that went on forever. And eventually, if it wasn't too late, I got a turn to ring my friend. It was also timed, you know, you couldn't stay on too long. We often had to wait for the RAC in my house because we had a Skoda. And um, every time we wanted to go somewhere, it just wouldn't start. So we were sitting there waiting for the RAC before holidays, often in the middle of holidays and at the end as well. And one thing that used to really... I struggled with waiting this, is when I was on holiday, my nan and granddad lived by the seaside, we used to go to their house, and before I could go to the beach, I had to wait for my granddad to finish his breakfast. Boy, did he enjoy his breakfast. Not only breakfast, he'd read the paper from cover to cover to cover. Had to wait until he'd finished. In my family, there seemed to be a lot of waiting. People took their time to do things. And so, after that, I didn't really mind waiting. It's part of life. But now I find that I'm getting more impatient. And I'm a little bit worried it's because I'm getting older. And, you know, people say the older you get, the more impatient you get. I'm a bit scared that that's happening. But, on the other hand, I think it might be more likely that things have got quicker in the world. We expect everything now. So we don't wait anymore. No one really waits. You know, you switch the computer on and it's seconds, minutes at the most before it comes on and everything's there. You turn the telly on and it's instant. It's, it's there, you've got so many channels. The phone is not something that everyone uses. You have one of your own, you walk around and instantaneously you can reply to people wherever you are whatever you're doing, if you want to. We get quite shocked when our cars break down because they're, they're designed to be more reliable. They should start in the morning every time, and we expect that. They don't always, but most times. And breakfast, well, breakfast for most people I know is not a meal to be enjoyed and savoured. It's something to get down into your body, to give you energy, to get out into the day and do it as quickly as possible, and sometimes we don't have breakfast because we're too late and we miss it. You know, things have speeded up and life has got crammed with lots of stuff, so we don't wait. And so I find myself getting more impatient, less able to wait. If I switch my computer on and it doesn't come on within the few seconds that I expect it to come on, I'm tapping my fingers on the desk and I'm going, come on, this is so slow. Five minutes at the most. And I'm saying it's slow. If the television doesn't come on immediately, James and Joshua are looking at me going, Mummy, have you broken it? I'm like, no, darling, it's just, you know, warming up. And if emails, as David said, I agree, aren't answered within a certain amount of time, we start to think, well, did they get the email? We check. Did it go? Yes, I sent it. Maybe something's gone wrong. What's the matter? Have they got a problem? We start to question. And we become irritated that things take time. For some of us, I understand this is a stage in life. There is so much for us to fit in that we can't afford to wait for lots of things. But generally, as a society and as a world, waiting is not something we like to do. We've become less patient, less able to sit and wait for things. Especially when things are difficult, when life is hard or it's not going as we would wish it to go. We find it hard to wait for it to improve. I have to tell you, I've not had a great week. My family's been ill this week, all of them. And I found it really difficult 
to wait for them to be better. There I was, just wanting the next day to come so that someone would be well. And there I was, rushing around, trying to do whatever I could to make them better, whereas actually it's just a matter of time. And you know, that's understandable, I guess. No one likes people around them to be ill, and you want people to get better, and you want things to be back to normal. But you know, there's an awful lot of time in our lives when things aren't back to normal, when things aren't right, when we have to live when things aren't as we would want them to be. An awful lot of time when we have to wait for things to get better. And waiting in that place that we don't want to be in, being patient and waiting, however difficult it is, is actually quite important. Because it's when we wait, instead of trying to fix and rush around and make it better, that we often learn and we often grow and we often change the most. In the Bible, the people of God spent a lot of time waiting, an awful lot of time waiting, often out of their own disobedience, I have to say, sometimes by the hand of someone else, but they spent a lot of time in situations they really didn't want to be in, waiting for things to get better. And the interesting thing about their waiting was because they were people of God, even though times were desperate and difficult and dark, they waited within the context of God. You know, in other words, they didn't rush around trying to force things and make things better. Sometimes they did, and it often made things worse. But a lot of times, they simply carried on in whatever situation they were, being the people of God. You know, they carried on observing their festivals. They carried on gathering together to offer sacrifices. They carried on fasting. They carried on praying. They carried on doing the things that they would do as the people of God in whatever situation they were in. Because they believed that God was faithful, that God was true, that God was good. And so in waiting, they didn't rush around trying to make it all right. They looked to him, carried on doing the things that they did to be in a relationship with him, knowing that he would bring them through difficult times. And because it often took years and years and years and years for them to get through these difficult times, in waiting, the people of God learned so much more than they would have done if they hadn't waited. Until they became people who waited with hope and expectation. Not simply desperate for things to change, but hopeful and expectant, even in the darkest of times. One of these people who waited, we've just read about in the Bible. You might think I'm going to talk about Simeon, but actually I'm going to talk about Anna the lady who's mentioned at the end of that passage. Anna had been waiting to see Jesus for years. She held the hope that God was working in her life. She held the hope that God was working in the world, even though she didn't see any sign of it. In many ways, Anna's life, for most of her life, was very dark. She'd been married for seven years, and then she'd been widowed for 84 years. She was lonely. She was isolated. She was friendless. In the society of the day, a widow, as most of us know, was a nobody. She had nobody to look after her, and therefore she had no status or place 
in society. She was at the bottom of the heap. She was uncared for. She wanted life to be better. But she, like her ancestors, had learned how to wait. And so within her darkness, within her life, which wasn't as she would want it to be, she waited with hope and expectation. And she did this because we read that every day she continued to fast 